Ask the Podcast Coach for August 15th, 2020. Let's get ready to podcast. There it is. It's that music that means, hey, it's Saturday morning. It's time for Ask the Podcast Coach, where you get your podcast questions answered live. I'm Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting.com. And joining me right over there is the one and only. Oh, you know what? I don't have your banner because I changed it. It's, this you is changed it. Yeah, you that's changed not, it for the other guy. Yeah, the I other, and I never changed I've gone it. one week. <laughs> one week. <laughs> Jim Cullison from TheAverageGuy.tv. Jim, how's it going, oh, buddy? Greetings, Dave. Happy Saturday morning to you. Good to be back from uh, beautiful Colorado. It was it was super hot, and uh, but even in the, in the in the mountains, it cools down in the evening. It was it was beautiful. I last Saturday I had all set to listen. I was going to just I was I didn't have time to listen to the whole thing, but I was going to chime in. So I I jump in and I, I realized I was in mountain time and not ah. central. And so I came at the end of the show. You guys had gone into the post show. But you know what I missed while I was gone? What the coffee you, pour. The coffee pour. Yeah. yeah. Who's, does, does somebody still sponsoring this? He, he's still sponsoring this. We're oh, talking who, about podcast branding. I'm actually trying to make something here just so I could do this. Brought to you by podcastbranding.co. And uh, Jim, if you missed it, I was making a mistake and saying that Mark was a graphic artist for 13 years. Yeah. That is wrong. He's been a, an award-winning graphic artist for 30 years. Wow. He started podcasting nice. in 2013. Yeah. So okay. if you need a website, if you need a uh, a logo, if you need artwork, well, I'm going to give you the pop quiz. I gave okay. this to Craig. We'll see. Uh, what is the difference between a logo and artwork? Mm. It's a so, tough one. I I might say a logo is one of those consistent branding items that you would that that represents who you are from a brand, right? Artwork is would to me would be something you'd use maybe like as uh, individual show cover art, something like that. There you go. You've got it. Uh, I, I used the examples last week of, and I dated myself in all of these. Do you remember? Were you around for Kiss Destroyer, the the album cover? Uh, well, no. I was around. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, that's a great album, by the way. Detroit Rock City. Tons of great hits on that. God of Thunder. Anyway, the album is this really cool, elaborate painting of the, the Kiss dude standing on a mountain looking all rock. And yeah. so that's the artwork. But the logo, that KISS thing they have on everything, is their logo. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. So, but uh, so if you need a website, if you need a logo, if you need artwork, it's all there. Podcastbranding.co. And thanks for uh, sponsoring. The morning tour. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Logo, right? This yeah. is logo. Yeah. The, the big logo. G. I don't, I don't, I don't wear this much, but I, I should, I should maybe wear it more often as far as I'm down. I was down to like the last shirt in my drawer. We haven't done <laughs> laundry since we came back. <laughs> I have that. Oh, hey, I got some, I got some logo. I have some gear I could wear. So I, I pulled that out. I think we all have that, that, that one mm-hmm. pair of underwear that just screams, it's time to do laundry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mark mine so as it's getting down and so I know I've got okay, four pairs. I better get the, I better get some laundry going to get this this thing done. So Yeah. Now I, I got a question this week and it's funny because we're both doing this and I, I when you think of YouTubers, do you think it's distracting if we have microphones in the picture? Well, most of the YouTubers that I watch are DIY YouTubers. So they're doing something. That's kind of the, that's kind of the genre. I, if it's going to be like, it's going to be something like this show, like a podcasters round table or, 
um, you know, something like that. Uh, even Twit or some of the shows. I'm going to listen to those as a podcast. I'm going to listen to those in the car. For me, YouTube is more of a, I want to see what somebody is doing. Those don't translate well. To, I, I don't think watching two YouTubers build a ship. That doesn't translate well to a podcast, right? Because the stuff they're doing is beautiful. So, yeah, I mean, that's kind of how I see it. Yeah, because I, I I had just said somebody like, well, I said, if you wanted to, like, I could take my microphone and move it down here and kind of point it up and it would be less in the picture. I said, but I said, I don't, I wouldn't stop watching a YouTube video because somebody had a microphone. Now, if it was smack dab in my face and I couldn't see me, that would be a little distracting. But if it was out of the way and I could see the person, I don't really mind. But they were really like, oh, what's, I need a lavalier. I can't do. But there are a lot of good ones now, like this current YouTube generation of, of, of um, content makers are they're all using labs though at least the ones i'm using or some of them have a directional mic on top of their camera and you can kind of tell right but i i watch a guy who's building this house and he's got a nice lav and he is crystal clear all the time so i do think if you're getting into you if you're going to be a youtuber now for this we're podcasting first and then youtube so i don't know could we could we benefit from a lab right now totally and are there good enough ones out there Right now, to do it, absolutely. I think I, I think there's some good ones out there. So it just depends what you want. I'm more comfortable this way. I, I don't. I don't. I don't. I did. I just did an interview at work. They wanted to interview me for some for some material, some content stuff we're making. And I had to sit in a chair with lights. In a they were using a, a what do you call the yeah. um, what what do you call that mic that shotgun. sits out of shotgun mic? Thank you. And uh, it's still a little early. And um, I, I was not comfortable <laughs> sitting there. I was like, uh, can I have a desk and a microphone? Can you bring the webcam a little closer? It's just what I'm used to, right? I kind of told him this isn't my best, uh, my best way of doing things. But I, so yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't make such a big deal about it. If they, if they want it, do it. If they don't, like, I'm still going to watch them. If it's great content, I don't care if they got a mic. I don't care if they're holding it like this. Ross Brand did this for a while, right? He yeah. was... When he was live, he had a microphone, the old Bob Barker, the man on the street kind of thing. Yeah. Like, okay. Is it good content? That's it. I told him, yeah. I, I said, I wouldn't, because this was like stopping the person from starting. He's like, well, I can't like get going until, and I'm like, wait, if I remember right, you have, he's got like a, all the, the typical podcast mics that we hear. He's got them all. And I'm like, why? He's like, oh, I, I need a laugh. And I'm like, no, not really. So, um, yeah, and Bangs is saying that uh, Rode has some really cool wireless systems now, yeah. Kanika, things like that. So, um, but I will say this, um, there's a show I listen to called Marketing School. It's uh, Neil Patel and Eric Sue, And it's interesting because in the early days, Eric had horrendous, like, in a bathroom, in a tunnel, underwater mm -hmm. audio. And I actually tried to send him a 2100 because I liked the show. I just couldn't take his audio. And he gave me a P.O. box and apparently UPS will not ship to a P.O. box. So it came back to me. But it's interesting because today I actually have this little speaker. It hangs in the shower so I can listen to podcasts in the shower. And it was interesting because they just switched. They now do their they're trying to do the whole multi-purpose. So they record the show on YouTube and then put it out as a podcast. <clears throat> and I don't know if Neil is worried about having a microphone in the screen or not. But he went from being right up on the microphone. Everything sounded great. And Eric got his own microphone. Now Eric sounds great. And Neil sounds like he's about 
two feet away from the microphone. Mm -hmm. And my guess is he's got a shotgun mic. Well, the difference was uh, this actually hangs outside the curtain. I do that. So it, it doesn't get wet, even though it's waterproof. And I could hear Eric because he sounded right there. But because there was this little bit of reverb on Neil's voice, I really had to strain to hear what he was saying. It's like he wasn't loud enough. It's it's one of those things, if you have somebody that doesn't have any reverb and somebody that does, and they're the exact same volume level, the person with reverb is actually going to sound like they're not as loud. So uh, that was that was one of the reasons why I asked. And then just the fact that I had a member of the School of Podcasting was like, oh, I, I can't do video until I get a lab. And I'm like, mm, not, not quite so sure about that. But that's that's the opinion thing, and that's where... Mm-hmm. that's why people switch microphones all the time until they find mm-hmm. one that they feel comfortable with and things like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I made the switch over to the, the two Q U Q two U. There we go. Mm. Uh, I don't know, two months ago, month and a half, two months ago, and have been listening back to it on various, uh, for the whole month I've been home, uh, podcasting for Gallup and this show and home gadget geeks. And so I've been listening to all those recordings. And I kind of, so I've, I've given it five or six weeks. I actually don't like it. So it's, it's got too much back end, too much bass for me. Now I could probably, mm-hmm. probably adjust that. Maybe I need to mess with that a little bit, adjust that in, on my mixer and see what I can do with that. So maybe before I make that determination, but um, I, I kind of mess with the mix a little bit to see if I can get that better. But the 2100 has kind of been, it's kind of been my mainstay for the last six years. And, and I, I will, Probably. I think I have it. I'm trying to remember where I put it. (laughs) Well, I was surprised. I had a coffee cup full of microphones and it was like a 58, uh, the AT2005. And I think of the Vox or that one microphone that was like 40 bucks that came, showed up and everyone, wow, that's a ripoff of the 2100. And then the company either went away or they quit making it or whatever. Um, Jason is talking about boom arms. He says, uh, I got a generic OC white style, Vivo low profile. I'm actually thinking about getting that. Uh, keeps the mic out of my face and is close enough not to f- interfere with videos. Because I, I was doing this thing for PodFest today, and it, it dawns on me that my arm, not that it really matters, is blocking the ting in it School is. of Podcasting. And I thought, well, I could move it down here and then point the mic up. And that's kind of what um, Jason's talking about. It's this Vivo, because the OC white is ridiculous. It's like your left arm and your right leg too. It's hundreds and hundreds of dollars, if not close to a thousand. And, but it's cool. It, it, it kind of comes down. It, it hovers right above your desk and then you point the mic up. So Joe Rogan, I think uses these now. I'd have to go and look and see, but that way, mm. instead of the mic coming down to your face, it's going up to your face. So you don't have this thing here because it would be as I'm, I, my hand is where the mic stand would be. Hence it's not in the picture. Yeah. And so, um, well, in, in your case, you might want to move it down, like, so move your microphone up like this and have it coming up, yeah. you know, coming out straight. That didn't change my sound very much. Now, it looks kind of weird <laughs> for yeah. me to do it this way. Actually, that sounds, sounds a little bit better that way. So, um, it's kind of weird. I just, <laughs> like, you can hear the difference in the ears, but I, that feels weird to me, right? Yeah. To have it, to have it that way. Well, but you could, you could probably get away with it. My problem with now, not that I do a lot of fiddling with it, but now it's blocking my view of the roadcaster. Right. And, right. And I, ju- right. and I just went to grab a knob and hit the, hit the cable that's in the back. So it to- takes, it takes a different, like when you, when you, when you get used to this kind of stuff of where stuff is and then you move it and you're yeah. smacking yeah. it and you can't find it. 
and you realize it's now blocking your view to something you were looking at before or whatever, there's it as you've been doing this for a while, there are some things you get used to that if you just make sudden changes, this is one of those things where you should probably, if you're going to make a big change like that, make a change and practice it some. Do it where it doesn't matter. Don't just change a bunch of things then and go to a recording because you never get that time back. And so you want to make sure you like it before you change to it. Jim Harold, the man behind everything spooky. He's on fire right now. And too. of course, he Pod is, Lords says, I uh, end up using that for video. Same idea to minimize Mike in the face. Jim did something. I didn't get a chance to turn on the audio, but he was live on Facebook and I'm scrolling by and Jim is doing Jeopardy. Like straight up Jeopardy, I'll take Bigfoot for 300, Alex, whatever. I don't know. What was that technology? Because it looked, and he's up in the corner. He's he's Alex Trebek and had a whole bunch of people. And I was like, that was really cool. And obviously, when you do that, you're getting your audience involved yeah. and you're making great content. And I was yeah. like, if you had the right tool, that could be fun. I did that many moons ago in when I was teaching classes. I would do a thing at the end where we would play and I had some sort of jeopardy game and I could put in the questions and answers and things like that. Um, the paranormal quiz is, uh, is what that yeah, you would not want to call it jeopardy. Online. No, you would mm, not want to use no. that. No. Yeah, that would be bad. But uh, <laughs> what's the technology behind that? Cause that was really, really cool. I was like, it was when I was like, Oh, I need to watch this. And I'm like, eh, I got, I got to go pack boxes or whatever, but it Jim, looked, Jim, if you got a second, jump in. I got some questions about that as well. If you got to a second, jump ask in. the podcast coach.com slash join. We'll get you right in. But, um, Oh, here's a great question. Does size matter? Oh no, not size. Does it really matter where the mic is? If it's a talking head? Um, I guess it, as long as it's not in your face. Yeah. And that's where uh, I know I have, there's an audio technica, it's a little lav mic and it comes with, you have to use a watch battery for it to be powered. And I remember using it once. I was like, Oh, this isn't that bad. And it's, it's, it's up there. It's in the closet. That's the thing that's going to get packed today is my closet. And I'm, uh, I actually found more stuff for my moving sale. The H six has been sold. I thought I had a personas AR eight. It turns out I have a personas AR 12, which is a really cool. It's the thing I used before I got the, Sound Devices Xpre 6. So it's one that records directly to an SD card and it streams. So it's kind of like the the Roadcaster, but it's also a mixer and that whole nine yards. And uh, <laughs> Jim is walking with a mask on. So that's not. <laughs> so <laughs> never stop me from joining the podcast. <laughs> that's fun. But I just found the the mother of all mixers that was wrapped up and so it wouldn't get dirty. And it's a a Behringer like 18. It's the thing I got because it had two mixed minuses. And that's back when I was trying to do the phone Mm, call mm -hmm. on this show. And I was Mm -hmm. like, I might end up having to take this one to, I don't know, guitar center or someplace and take a hit or sell it on eBay maybe, but eBay probably. Yeah. It'd be great for a band. It's got a huge number of inputs and all sorts of things like that. So uh, Dan says when it comes to mic position, video is sort of like audio quality for podcast. It really matters most if it's distracting. Exactly. I think that's really the bottom line for that. Yeah. Well, a lot of the podcasters I watch are moving around on sets, right? They're on it. They're, they're building a house or they're farming or they're homesteading or they're whatever. Right. And it's just, you're not going to have a mic for that. That's just not, it's just not going to work that way. A lot of them are using shotgun mics on top of a, on top of a really nice, uh, uh, DLSLR. Is that a camera? 
Yeah. DLS, DSLR. I think that's right. So, um, it, it, they're, they're getting some decent sound, but I've noticed the really good ones now are using a wireless lab of some kind and they've got it. They got it pinned. The, the ones that crack me up are the ones that have gotten complaints about the wind because it's for, for whatever reason right. on YouTube, everybody complains about wind noise. It's like, um, you're outside. It's windy. Like, but people complain. I just, I don't, I, sometimes I don't understand YouTube watchers. Like, what did you expect? But anyways, right. So they, they're just, they're bad. So, um, one of the guys had a lab and then he had a gigantic, uh, what, what do they call the, the windscreen that looks, that's oh, the furry. dead cat, the dead cat. He had a gigantic dead cat over it, Nice. which you're kind of like, okay, I get the idea of what you're trying to do. Is that the best form? Yeah. To, to, right. You know, you're like, I don't know if that is less distracting yeah. or more. Like, was the wind less distracting than the dead cat? Now that's literally the size sitting on your shoulder. So I've seen that too, where it's, it's a lab, but man, it's sticking out like, hello, here I am. Yeah. You know, the, what's the one, uh, somebody makes one that's a big box. What's the, Oh, I think that's the road. There's, is the, that the road one? It's like this little square thing that you pin on. You kind of like pin it on your shirt or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, mm, that's a little big. Like, I don't know. That was my you thought. Know? I was like, yeah. I, I get that it's wireless, but I'm like, shouldn't that be, and I guess the, the difference is you don't have, because usually you have a wireless pack and then you plug your mic into it. That's a lab that pins on you. So that, yeah. and this well, is make not, that the pack, like yeah. make that the pack and then have run a wire. That's got the microphone on. The that end. was my thought. I was like, they've just kind of like, instead of Smarter getting rid of people, the pack, man. they, they got rid of the mic. And I'm like, mm. Smarter. I know. I know. It's like just condensing the mic down into the pack. And you're like, uh, not sure exactly. That's what we were yeah. going for. Yeah. But I mean, apparently, I mean, I've seen it and I haven't seen it a lot, but I've seen it. So I don't know. I, the market will determine if it was, if that's a success or not. But yeah, I would have, I, I love the idea uh, of thinning down the pack. He says, uh, Bang says, Road Wireless Go, but it also has a lab input. Oh, good. Okay. Good. There you go. So it'll work good. either way. Good, good, good. Interesting. Yeah, I just, so I just don't see me using it, like trying to pin it on my shirt and using the mic that way, or even in a jacket. I'd want to hide that pack and then run a wire up, yeah. pin it somewhere. Yeah. And then that's what Daniel's saying. You can pack it inside the clothing, not outside. Yeah. Right. So you can see only the clip and yeah. then attach the through for it. Oh, I got it. So I still think the thing is ugly. <laughs> I, I don't, you guys can explain it away. I still think it's ugly. I was thinking about something the, this morning, kind of changing gears. It's a little test I've been doing. I think the last time you and I were in the same room, was it podcast movement? And I can't remember 19, this. 2019, right? 20, yeah. Year. Yeah. Not the Los Angeles thing, but the one before that. And do you remember the puppy booth? Orlando. Yeah. So heck yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now here's, uh -huh. here's the question. Do you remember who the sponsor was? Uh, the guys from Launchpad. Right? There you go. Oh my gosh, you and Rob. Everybody else was like, "No, I just remember they had beer and puppies." They did have beer, and it was day drinking. It made day drinking so easy. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, you know how. Uh, no, right on. Right face, on. Facebook is always like, "This is what you did a year ago," and I was like, "Oh wow, I remember that." Were we there a year ago? Now is that a year ago? Was a, podcast a year or two? Year? I don't. Know. I'd have to go back and look, but it was like, "Here's Ooh, here's what you were doing." Awesome. And it was i think it was orlando yeah. right yeah because that that was Orlando. the whole thing they they did it in orlando and uh 
it was i think it was a great move i i think from a branding perspective that it's it'd be interesting to see who's uh isn't somebody big behind them um oh yeah uh podcast one yeah uh, so uh, it'd be interesting to see to get an update from them on how they're doing because I haven't heard anything from. I still I have an account on Launchpad. And I still go over there, and they got some really interesting technologies that they're using to host. That's probably why you remember. Yeah, but you, you're probably right. You're yeah. probably right because I log into it every week to upload home yeah. gadgets there. But um, yeah, because their know. whole thing was it's a free media host, but they're going to run ads against it, and you don't get anything for that. Yeah, it's in, you you do get to choose where the ad goes and there's some they've they've changed some things to make it a little bit better since the since the launch last mm. year. It's not a bad platform. I I'm not a big insert ads into my stuff. I don't I, I go ad free cuz I that's I want I want a complete listening experience and so I don't I don't do ads, but that's just me. They did it yeah. cuz they wanted to discover right the new next podcasts to bring over to podcast one which i haven't heard much from podcast one either right i know are they still a thing they're still a thing they're still they're, a thing right okay they've uh jordan harbinger trying to think who else is over at podcast one but yeah that was just one of those things where that's what's fun is i have uh in a bookcase behind me i have like all the programs from all the different podcast movements and things like that and i have one from the portable media expo from like 2006 and it's hilarious looking at the sponsors because they're like don't exist nope gone gone nope sorry you know it's tough business it is a tough business you start early it's a tough business like a lot of them have a lot of them and you look at some of the ones that have been around a while i won't i won't mention any but some of the technology is getting a little long in the tooth too you see some of the web technology and some of the things they're doing they've been around been on I've been on Spreaker uh, in in full disclosure that Spreaker is our host for uh, for Gallup and I haven't actually seen a lot of infrastructure changes and, and maybe we don't need them if it's not broken don't fix it right and so maybe we don't need them but man on Spreaker I haven't seen any changes any real changes uh, for the almost the whole time I've been on them yeah if you think about it they haven't really added well I mean yeah. Lipson has changed some things behind the scenes, some infrastructure stuff, right. but their, their front end is very, very similar to what it was five years ago. Yeah. Like when you, when you go in there, right. Yeah. I, I think Podbean probably the same way that it's another one of those. That's probably still same blueberry. They blueberry's done some things to kind of try to change their front end, like their, their web stuff, but. And the power press, they just redid. Cause I know that's mm-hmm. on my list of tutorials. I need to redo. I was like, oh. I need to work. Well, I, I got the, the, the rewrite was like, Sometimes I think we rewrote it to rewrite it or rewrite it to rewrote it. Yeah, because another and one. You're like, oh man, these are I don't know this. There's some there's some spots in here where the UI isn't very good. So. Oh, I'll have to look because I, I I don't use. I think I only use PowerPress on the podcast review show. I mean, I use it like it's still on the school of podcasting, but I'm not using it for my feed. But I haven't really dug into. There's always like five or well, six tabs, and it's funny what you get used to, right? And I was kind of used to the very text driven. It was very text heavy. It was very con- concise and consolidated. And I think it's been rewritten for to to be more mobile friendly, and and that's great. But I do I actually access it still through my browser, and so it's the big boxes, and it's just a lot of space. And uh, I kind of go, well, okay, well, okay. I was used to, you do something for four years, you get kind of used to it, four, five, six, maybe seven years. It's not bad. Don't get me wrong. But if you haven't, if you have, if you, if you are a PowerPress user and you haven't logged into PowerPress in a while, or when I say logged in, I mean, 
looked at the plugin yeah. in, on your on your site. You might want to go check it out. By the way, I think WordPress 5.5, is that right? Is is out as well. And they continue to work. I think I got that right. They continue to work on um, Gutenberg and to try to fix the sins of the past on Gutenberg, right? It is not, Gutenberg is not, I mean, it's divided the WordPress community pretty down the middle. There's those that love it and those, those that hate it. They're not moving away from it, but they're trying to do some things to make it a little better for the folks that hate it. Yeah. So I, I need to jump in. 5.5's got some, if, if I'm getting that right, whatever the next update is, um, has got some updates uh, to help with that. So well, I haven't I haven't dived into it yet. I know the thing about the, um, oh, what do you call it? The, the old style, whatever it was. Um, they had a plug-in so that you could, even though Gutenberg was there, yeah. classic, the classic wow. editor, um, that plug-in got updated. And, uh, so I was like, oh, cause that's my whole thing is they were supposed to be like, there was a deadline where they're like, we're going to pull that away eventually. So if you like the classic editor, don't get married to it because it's, it's going away. And I was like, that's going to suck. So that's been really, that has really divided the WordPress community. That whole, like, why would you take it away? We're an open, yeah. we're, we're an open community. This was supposed to be built on some open standards. Why are you removing things? Why not? support both Gutenberg and the classic for folks that want to do it. And there have just been some folks in the WordPress community who are just dead set on Gutenberg. Like they are just like, you're going to take this and you're going to like it. And this is the future and you need to get on it and stop complaining. And there are some folks in who are like, I don't, I don't want to do block editing. Yeah, Um, It is 5.5. And by the way, there's a whole bunch of updates on plugins. So if you haven't looked at your WordPress assistance in a while, yeah, Today might be the day to go in and, and back it up, upgrade, and then uh, make sure all your plugins are up to date. Yeah, Daniel says most of the haters hate the fact they have to use your mouse to do everything instead of continuing to type and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, in the chat room brought up something I wanted to talk about. I forgot about this. Uh, interesting talking about book publishing. Um, here's the thing. It's driving me nuts because I told my publisher, I said, look, I actually had her on the phone. I said, look, I realize we got COVID going on. And I said, if you have any bad news, I prefer bad news quick rather than no news. And let me find the bad news out from Amazon. I said, I'm really, I'm a pretty easy guy to work with. Just if there's bad news, let me know and I can come about it. And uh, um, to make a long story short, originally it was meant to be released in July. Then it got pushed to August. It was going to be September 28th. In fact, they they emailed me, said, where can we send you your books? Because I get a, a handful for well, for free. I'm sure they're charging me for them. But anyway, uh, well, they have now updated Amazon to show that the release date was July 7th and it's out of stock. And uh, my buddy Wayne Henderson, who does voiceover, sent me a thing and said, hey, I just got this email from Amazon that says, do you still want this book? And I'm like, like, that is not cool. I'm like, I got these people to buy the book and you're going to like make them reconfirm. So the book is coming out. I, I do believe it's September 28th. I, I I don't know. I emailed them and said, like, pardon, like, but what's going on? Remember me saying I don't mind bad news. Just let me know what it is. And um, so that's that's what's going on. And then, Jim, what do you have here? I, I, we get- this, is, this is I'm just showing what it looks oh. like. I just looked it up and yeah, July 7th, 
it's it's past that, right? Yeah, a little bit. And <laughs> it's past July seventh, and then it's staying out of stock, right? Uh, right here, temporarily out of stock. Yeah, it's which uh, is very frustrating. And I then have an order for it though, Dave. I mean, um, let's go back. Well, here's. There's, let me. Uh, I paid for it, and I do have an order. An order. Yeah. Well, you might get an email that looks okay. like this. I don't know if you're going to be able to see that or not. And it says, uh, we're encountering a delay in shipping your order. We'll make every effort to get the delayed item to you as soon as possible. If you still want the item, please confirm below. We appreciate, uh, we apologize for the delay. And then you have a button that says, I still want this item. And I was just like, you're killing me. <laughs> like stuff. So I don't know what's going on. Uh, Aliquity wants to pop in and talk some books. What's going on? Hey, hey guys. How's it? Happy Saturday morning. Happy, Happy Saturday, Saturday morning. Too. Um, oh shoot! Can you hear me okay? Because I don't have yeah. my mic on. No, you're good. You're 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 a little echoey, but we we can handle it. Put a lav on that that'll help us. Yeah, let me let me grab my let me grab my thing over here. Um, yeah, so I wanted to talk about book publishing because one of the interesting things um, I'm actually doing a book that goes along with my podcast right now. And one of the interesting things, hold on a second, let me put this on so you guys don't hear all my echo. Here, let me mute you while you do that. But um, one of the things I wanted to talk about about book publishing that I found out that was pretty interesting that I did not know, and I'm really glad I'm self-publishing my book, is that um, when you go to a publisher, if you decide to choose to go the publisher route, if you don't sell their quota of your book, they will discontinue selling your book, but then you have no rights to sell it. So if you put like years into writing your book and after a year, you're not reaching their quota... You're, you're done. Like you can't sell your book. You have no rights to it whatsoever. I need to check so, my, I need to check my contracts. I don't want to see, I don't remember Saturday, Dave. Um, <laughs> I, I don't remember anything about that. I just remember there, there are a couple of things in there, but it was pretty straightforward. I don't remember anything about a quota. So that would well, be, if you, if you want my lawyer to check your contract, I will be happy to send you his name. Yeah. He's amazing at business contracts and I have him always read all of mine, but yeah, that's one of the things and the other thing with a, a traditional publisher is they'll give you like a upfront money to spend on your book. Right. But apparently everybody says you spend like twice that amount just on advertising and stuff. So um, because you have to sell a certain amount of books and then you have to buy a certain amount of books from them. Nope. Like you might have to buy. Okay. So you don't have that with your hybrid. No, no, not for yeah. me. It's, it's, I, I, well, the cool thing is you gotta remember as much as they're a publisher and they even threw the words Simon and Schuster at me, we published through Simon and Schuster and I was like, Oh, Simon and Schuster. Uh, but in the end you're in control. Like you don't need them. You really right. don't. It's no. like, because the people that are going to find this book, number one, if you talk to anybody in the book industry, do not expect your publisher to promote your book. They're going to put out a press release, but other than that, it's up to you. And I'm like, okay, so uh, that was just one where I just kind of was like, nope, sorry, nope, nope. Like the audio rights, which I'm finding out, I own 100% of the audio rights. They get nothing if I sell an audio book. But it turns out you get raped by Audible and Amazon on that. Like they just take massive amounts of of that. So right. I'm actually thinking, I, I bought a thing on um, AppSumo that allows you to sell digital downloads. And I might for like the first three months put it out on that for like the super fans who just can't wait to get Dave's book. And you have to listen through their app, which is kind of a thing, but I was like, ah, let's try that for a month where I can get a much bigger chunk of the pie. 
And then yeah. once those are done, throw it on Audible and Amazon and that whole nine yards. That that assumes that Dave will find time sometime between now and the end of September to record his audiobook, which ain't happening uh, with, with this whole moving thing going on. But yeah, it's you're you're on the right track though. When you get a contract, if you don't know exactly what you're looking at and you've taken the right steps, you got a lawyer to look at it. Because liquidity, did you self-publish or or you're going to self-publish? I am in the process of self-publishing. So I just went through, I have all my stuff written out and I went through my script twice. I still have to finish my chapter 18 and I'm in the process of formatting my pictures and putting everything in my book and then I'm sending it off to the formatter. So that's my next step. So um, I actually bought a sponsor booth at a gluten-free conference, virtual conference um, and it, at the end of September and I laid down $750 for it. So that's a huge... Um, <laughs> like, yeah, I really need to get this done because I don't want that to be a pre-launch. <laughs> yeah. No, you want to have, you want to have product there, right? To be able to do <laughs> yeah. that. And then how much do you think you've spent or what's the budget on self-publishing for you? So for me, cause I actually, what I did was even though I help, I help people go straight all the time, but I help, I got a, I got a coach for me cause I needed somebody like to keep me accountable because mm-hmm. if I don't have somebody being like, we're meeting in two weeks and you have this done, like. Um, I'm really good at getting the content out and I'm really good at writing and I love writing, but, um, with all, cause I write for a living. So I usually put my stuff last. So that's my, that's my challenge. Um, but I spent $3,000 on a coach, um, on a coaching program. And then I spent, um, probably, let me think, I'm probably going to spend between five and $800 formatting my book. And then, um, uh, oh gosh, I probably spent about $300 on people like doing research for me. So just like basic research that like anybody could do. Um, and then I took that research and wrote it into my book. Um, so I probably spent about $4,500 so far and, um, I'm probably gonna do like a little book trailer. So I'm probably gonna spend $200 on my book trailer. So it's probably about between five, probably around five grand. Five, that, yeah. 5,000. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I have complete control of all of my stuff. Like I don't have anybody telling me like when to publish or what I can and can't create. So um, that I really love. And the other thing with a traditional, I know Dave has a hybrid but with a traditional book publisher, you basically give them all your stuff and you have like no control over like what pictures go in or anything. And I don't like that as a creative. I like to like um, put what pictures I have and what, because some of them are very special to me. So I want mm-hmm. them in certain chapters. Mm-hmm. And so I, that's the great thing about self-publishing. Of course, the downside is you have to do all the work yourself. So um, I, luckily, I have a good, like, a people on Fiverr that I use all the time. And um, I found um, a couple other really great people to, use, people to use as far as helping me with publishing my book. But um, I definitely would recommend getting someone to help you with different steps of the project that is not in your wheelhouse. Yeah, Chris Chris says writing a book equals climbing a mountain backwards for free. And for the record, writing the book is not the hard part. No. The hard no. part is getting people to listen to it. When I did my first version of this book, it was called More Podcast Money. I'm going to say I had a thousand into it. I I I 300 bucks on the cover, 700 bucks on the editors. I bought I I had one editor who edited it. And then I went through and had a second editor go through and edit it. And then I formatted it as a Kindle format, uploaded it, upload the image and went, and that was it. So and that's, yeah. that, that's the thing where having somebody format, like make it look pretty. Not that mine looked ugly, but it was text and I had headings and text. I'm like, I don't really need much more than that. Uh, so, and in over the years, I, I don't know how long that book's been out, probably five or seven years. I think I made five hundred dollars profit. 
but it, 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 you're making nine bucks a month for years. And it's like, uh, and, and I found that if I didn't do my more podcast money podcast, I was selling nothing. So the whole like, yeah. oh, you're on Amazon. Yeah. Along with 8 billion other books and everything else. So it's well, the nice, the nice thing is, is that I have the only, um, how to travel gluten-free book on, yeah. I'm going to, so, cause there's other people who are like travel gluten-free to Paris, which is great unless you're not going to Paris. Right. <laughs> or if you're going to Paris, but if you're not, then it doesn't help you. So I'm the only how to travel book. So on the, the COVID situation is helping you a little bit because it's slowed down travel some while you're writing the book. So you <laughs> hopefully by the time you're ready to go, right? We're traveling again, or there's some some semblance of travel. Yeah, but um, the other thing is I've heard from my book coach too that um, apparently online book sales are down. But um, for me, I'm not really too worried about it because I know. Like people are starting to get out and just do camping. Like camping is safe because you're with your family and you're in the middle of nowhere. And so, um, so I tell, but I always tell people, I always have the disclaimer, like if your doctor tells you don't go out, don't go out, like <laughs> that kind of thing. But um, yeah, the other thing I wanted to mention about book publishing too, is that um, yeah, if you have a podcast and you can get transcripts of all your stuff, getting the content is a piece of cake. The hard part is like finding an editor and getting it formatted and, and your paperback format is different than your ebook format. So you have to pay somebody more to do both, which is what I'm doing because I want to do a paperback because it's going to be a guide. So I want it to be like someone, they can take it with them on their vacation. Yeah. Jim says, Jim Harold says, I've been traditionally published and self-published. He says for him, uh, he likes self-publishing and and we'll see. Like I said, I'm trying to withhold my opinion until this whole thing is over, but and then you're going to say self-published. And then I'm probably going to say self-published. <laughs> yeah. say, I think about writing books and then I'm like, no, I think I'll go get a root canal. That sounds more fun. <laughs> nice. You know? well, awesome. well, Colson, if you ever need help, just give me a call. Will do. There you, you go. Will do. Find me. Will do. All right, guys. Have a great Thanks Saturday. for jumping in. Great we'll to see you. See you. Yep. you Take, care. Take care. But uh, yeah, I just, I'm never going to write a book. You guys talk about this and I, I, I get the... I get the, like, well, maybe I should. I start thinking through some ideas and then I just go, that is not like, I, I have trouble seeing, like, I, I can't do something unless I can see in my mind how I'm going to get it done. And so for podcasting, I know exactly what needs to happen for all this. If somebody says, Hey, I want to start a new pad, new right. podcast. I know every step and everything that needs to be done. I can see it completely. Every time I think about the book writing process, I can't, there's parts of it. I can't see. And I know I could do it. I just don't want to. Yeah. What you know? What you have to do is come up with your topics. Those are your chapters. And then you come up with subtopics that reinforce the chapter. And then you just keep expanding. And all of a sudden you look up and you're like, wow, I got 25,000 words. So, uh, Hey, I'm kind of thirsty. Speaking of books. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I also am thirsty. I've been talking all morning, but. Uh, yeah. Let's. Uh, well, I think we have a mid-show pour. We do have a mid-show awesome. pour. And that is brought to you by our awesome uh, supporters. Uh, and you can find them over at askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome. And uh, if you are looking for some one-on-one consulting at a discounted rate, I'm still looking for the teacher's pet. Uh, that is available. That one, if you go to the, uh, this is through Patreon, that one you have to like scroll down and click on like see all. I think that's why that's uh, probably not getting a lot of traction. But anyway, we always like to thank our $20 supporters. And we're talking about Carl White at lifeinthecarolinaspodcast.com. Glenn the Geek Hebert at horseradionetwork.com. Josh Liston over at tipsoftheslung.com. Kim Cradgy at toastmasters101.net. 
Shane from Spybrary.com, uh, Ed Sullivan at SonicCupcake.com, Max Trescott at AviationNewsTalk.com, Greg over at DebtShepherd.com. And if you'd like to be an awesome supporter, it's super easy. Just go over to AskThePodcastCoach.com slash awesome, and uh, you'll see the links right there. But uh, thanks to our awesome supporters. But yeah, it's interesting. I spoke this morning at uh, PodFest, and I did the traditional. It was like 20 minutes and then 10 minutes of Q&A, and I jammed about 35 minutes into 20 minutes because I got done. And Chris is like, he goes, I'm glad we're all podcasters because you were talking at 3X. And I was just more content, more content. So, but uh, it was fun. It's, is that uh, this weekend? That's going on this weekend? That actually was all last week and today is the last day. And they did me, I don't know what the goal was, but they were shooting for like 25,000 or 5,000 or so many podcasters. And they're counting them with the, there's a Guinness Book of World Records person there. And I think it had to do with how many people joined via the Whova app or something of that nature. But uh, from what I understand, they they got the goal, whatever, because there wasn't one. It's not like we were breaking one. We were setting one. And so, um, but uh, um, this will bring up a great question. Um, Gabrielle says, is, uh, wait, I had the wrong one. Is Spotify hard to work with? No, you can actually, if you have a media host, um, if you're using Libsyn, we have a, a destination you can set up. If not, you can go to podcasters with an S, podcasters.spotify.com. They have their own little gizmo there, and you can either claim your show. So if you're using a, a host that already submitted it for you, you'd want to reclaim it. If you've had nobody submit your show, then you can submit it there uh, via Spotify. So, uh, but no, they're not hard. None of them are really hard to work with, but that does bring up Amazon. And there's Amazon and Audible. And have I mentioned this already? I swear I talked to somebody earlier. Well, we, we were talking about it pre-show. Uh, pre-show. Yeah. If, you, um, if you're using Libsyn, because Amazon sent out an email to everybody saying, hey, here's the button to click on to submit your show to Amazon. If you're on Libsyn, do not use that. I'm going to say that again. If you're on Libsyn, do not use that because you'll end up with your show in Amazon twice. Because in Libsyn, we made it super easy. You go to destinations, add uh, Amazon music slash audible. You, I think have to pick your country and approve. And James Crinlin has been doing some fun stuff. He's looking into the, uh, the, whatever you call it, the agreement. And apparently you're not allowed to say anything bad about Amazon in your podcast. And I was like, have fun policing that. So, cause I'm like, I know we had whatever, probably back in episode 112 where I got kicked off of Amazon. I don't think I was exactly complimentary about that whole process. So we'll see. No. Uh, I wonder how they're going to, are they going to scan all these? Do you think? Are they going to, they're going to run know. a, they're going to run a, a AI over them to see what, what people are saying. They must be planning on it and there must be some kind of tool inside of audible that they don't. And it makes sense that you don't want to be publishing a podcast that is speaking poorly of you yeah right i get it i mean it's not open but it's not transparent but i get it you know so um that submission uh, process too you can they have a uh for for audible they just have a link you can go to and it says it's kind of just a form it says how many podcasts do you have and you click one to ten or more then it it gives you some forms and you just put the title of your podcast in the rss feed in answer a few questions and you're and submit it I don't know. I'm I'm assuming there's a review process going in on all this that before they 
notify you. I haven't, they're, they're like, it's going to be a while. It's super vague. Yeah. You know, it was like when Spotify was first doing this, it was right. super vague well, the, on what they were doing. The only cool thing about Spotify was it was live. This is like submit it. And when we roll it out, it'll be there, but there's no like, and we're rolling it out on this date. Um, Mystic what's Mac. That, what's that Spotify address? Sorry. Hold I on. I think what's it's that? podcasters with an S dot Spotify.com. And if that's not it, then it's without an S. I'll, I'll keep looking. But, uh, Mystic Max says, I had a podcast on Spotify, changed hosting, and it went missing. There's that whole. So what you need to do now is whoever your hosting is, get your RSS feed there, go into podcasters.spotify.com, find your show, and then update the RSS feed. Uh, I did an episode about this a little while back. So you basically changed the channel and didn't tell Spotify, oh, I'm over here now. Same thing with Stitcher. If you're on Stitcher, you have to manually go in and change Stitcher, Spotify. I think everything else will follow a 301 redirect. Plus, you want to redirect your old feed. So your old feed, think of it like if you, like I'm moving. And when I eventually move out of my apartment, I will go to the United States Postal Service and say, hey, I'm moving from here. My new address is here. And with podcasting, that change of address thing is called a 301 redirect. And you have to take your old feed and say, hey, if somebody goes to blah, 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 dot RSS, put them over here. And that way you take your audience with you. Uh, there are some services that will not offer that. And if that is the case, please let me know because I'm making a list. But uh, there's a free service. Shout Engine will not do a 301 redirect. So you don't want to build your podcast over there. Plus, they're free. And from what I understand, their support is non-existent. So other than that, it's a great host. So I think um, back to the Audible bit, mm-hmm. they were... They made it very, very clear in their terms because I I skimmed through their terms. They are not downloading one time and streaming to everybody on Audible. It's a pass through for them. So I don't know if you said that already. Maybe. maybe No, that's good to know. Yeah. But it it is a pass through for them. So that's one of those. I think (laughs) and there is some appearance that they learned from Spotify. Maybe. Uh, well, I mean, the the, we'll the submission process is clear. Yeah. The terms were pretty clear. I mean, yeah. as clear as terms can be. Well, uh, <laughs> Ross says you also can't say anything bad about any products sold on Amazon. So any shows that review gears or books, well, no. s- sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'll be interested to see again, how are they going to police this? How do you listen it's 55 to- million people, right? Which is not gigantic. Just to be honest, 55 million globally is not a gigantic audience. So to be pigeonholed in a walled garden like it's going to be at least initially that's what it looks like to have those kinds of terms and conditions put on top of you as far as content goes it's not for most people for most podcasters this isn't going to be a like you do it because you're supposed to you you submit because you shouldn't i mean because you should right whether you stay on it or you actually get anybody from it is going to be super questionable i don't i don't see that audible audience being a boom 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 for uh for podcasters yeah, a lot of devices, if you think about it, the woman in the tube now will be able to play your podcast, so that'll make things Through easier. Through Audible, though. I mean, you still have to go well, into Audible. Well, or Amazon Music. That See, that's the thing. We don't know. Is, yeah, is, we don't. Yeah, no, we don't. so that'll be, right. be fun. You, you but don't. I did see there was an interesting article from James Cridlin at Pod News where a show had been removed from Anchor, and it turns out there's a few of these where people are taking popular shows and importing them into Anchor. And then Anchor, almost like Shazam, was like, hey, this already exists, in this case on Libsyn, 
And so they moved, they pulled the show. They're like, wait, you're, you're stealing somebody's show. Cause that's part of the terms of services. This is my content. And somehow we don't know how, but this was the guy that was using it as a test. And he's like, Hey, and not only did they remove his show, they removed his account. He couldn't even log in anymore. Oh. So, cause I, so wait a minute. So let me make sure I understand. So I'm, st- I'm stealing somebody else's show, right? Putting it on anchor for the purposes of, of putting ads against it and, right. gain, and benefiting from the ads. Right. Is that right? Yeah. So you're going to get your penny a download from anchor and which is legit. It's $10 per thousand downloads. Uh, and Don't people do that on YouTube all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. And if, if you think about it, right. all, all the, all the Joe Rogan slices and things like that. So, and also people are still getting massive amounts of, uh, uh, what do you call it? Pull down notices from the RAAA. So, and oh, Banks says it was their own, it was their own show, but a replacement fill in. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that was the part that was weird. Like it wasn't, he wasn't stealing the show. In fact, it, it if you think about it, it kind of looked like he was moving. And maybe just the fact that he didn't put in a 301 redirect. Oh, hmm. interesting. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Um, well, okay, so the situation I was saying is completely different. That's still happening, by the way. People are stealing other people's shows, oh, yeah. putting them on YouTube. Never thought about doing that like with Anchor or with, with some of those services that and turn the ads on and just see, I mean, yeah, what's it, what's it cost you just to, to steal somebody else's feed? Yeah, nothing. And, and what you're hoping is when somebody then Googles or searches for right. the, the office ladies, uh, right. they'll find your show, subscribe, and... Like, yeah, that's the YouTube game. Anyways, they play that. That game gets played a thousand times on YouTube. I just don't. I swear they must like these things must pop up and get get banned as fast as they pop up on YouTube. But I see them all the time. They are just ripping stuff off. Yeah, well, that's that's yeah. basically what the article says is he's like, hey, I just imported it, and blah, blah, blah. And I in like he, I think he went to bed. I don't know if it was even 24 hours. I'd have to go back and reread it. But it was quick. And mm. he turned around. It's like, uh, where'd my show go? <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it'll be interesting to uh, to see. Uh, Mystic Max said, "I did redirect Apple, Google, Stitcher, TuneIn. We're fine, no problem. Spotify is the only one I'm having trouble with. So yeah, go to podcasters.spotify.com, and uh, you can see stats in there. That's one thing that Spotify has is uh, they have demographic information because when you sign up for Spotify as a listener, they then pass that along to the podcaster, so you can see that your audience is aged." 35 to 45 and they listen to a lot of Ed Sheeran and whatever. Now, why would you pick on Ed Sheeran? <laughs> Cause that's, what's in my, my profile. <laughs> I remember like Ed Sheeran, really? I'm like, cause I don't listen to Ed Sheeran, but um, it was when I looked at my stats, I was like, okay. Cause when I think Ed Sheeran, I don't even think middle-aged white guy. I think 30 year old female. That's, I mean, that guy has a huge female following because he's all writing these great love songs and blah, blah, blah. And Jim, are you locked up? He is. There you go. Aliquity loves Ed Sheeran. So, uh, Jim, if you're with us, you're locked up. It's the Jim's locked up music. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, while we're waiting for uh, Jim to uh, come along, Hector says rising star. And I cannot read the name of his show. It's it's but he says, um, I have a roadcaster already and a procaster mic. Should I upgrade to the Shure SM7B? Uh, will it make an audio difference? Is it worth the money? And SM7B, I want to say, is 400 bucks. 
maybe more. It's 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 one of those. It's like yikes. That's a lot of money. Now on the other hand, when I am around one, I talk into it. I go, "Ooh, that does sound yummy." But for me, I'm always there, there are two reasons. Number one, if your audience is complaining that your audio sounds bad or too thin or too echoey or something like that, that's when you look for something to to change. And then the other one is is for some reason you just hate the sound of your voice. And you would be more confident if you like the sound of your voice to which I say, like you were mentioning earlier, Jim, that the Q2U was a little too bassy. And you said, eh, if I wanted to, I could maybe tweak out some of the bass on a mixer. There are other ways to fix this before sending a uh, spending another four or five hundred bucks on a microphone. And Bangs in the chat room is saying he's not a big fan of the pod mic. I just love it as a weapon. I keep one in my back pocket at all times. So if somebody comes at me, I'm just it's like a grenade. Yeah. 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 So. I don't know. What are your thoughts, Jim? I don't know. You, I don't know if I have just, any. Yeah, you just changed the mic. So it's like you change it and you're like, eh. Yeah. But it, that's that's an expensive experiment. Unless you it is. A- and to go up from here, right? So ATR, uh, my my next, I think what I'm going to try and do is track down a 58, an SM58. Because I've, I've, I've talked about that. That's also in the $99 price range mm-hmm. and would, would, would fit nicely along the ATR 2000. It's also one where... Like I'm not one to test something for like t- ten minutes and then have an opinion. Right. <laughs> like I've been, I've I've had this the the Q2U on here for five weeks, six weeks. In fact, I I put it on and didn't say anything just to see if anybody would notice. Ross yeah. noticed a little bit t- today when he jumped in, but Ross, I think you've heard this before. So, um, yeah, I think my next one would be to try and get my hands on a 58 and and switch it out because i've said before i like an sm58 that's a good it's a 99 dollar mic it's super durable there have in in the setup that i have here is set up for it i mean it's i'm going through a traditional mixer i don't need usb so i think that'll be my next my what? next before i jump because right the next jump right is a re320 it's a high lpr 400 high lpr 40 sorry i said 400 having a little trouble with my brain this morning and yeah. then uh, the SM7B. The funny thing about for me, that hair, Dave. Yeah, is looking I mean, it's, fantastic. It's, I got lots of it. I I like it. <laughs> it's gonna be you're gonna be able to do a man bun here in a few. <laughs> I'm picturing me with a man bun. So here, I think I think it looked good. By the way, I'm I'm in, I'm in favor. Here's the here's the 2100X. Right, that's the new AT joint. And then I can always tell this is 58. I don't know if you can tell. But yep. the, it's all dented, <laughs> and it's uh, like, yeah. and yeah. this thing's been through uh, the ringer and then some, but it still works like a, a champ. So here, let me uh, just do a live test. Well, liquidity, I, I, we're I've only the mics. The only mics I've had are an ATR twenty one hundred, and now this this Q two U. So um, I just I have stayed on that lower end. I've resisted going to the higher end because I have a average guy podcast. You That's know, right. I've been like, oh, okay, go ahead. Go so ahead, this Dave. is a fifty eight. So yeah. I hear a little more low end maybe. And, yeah. uh, and it's, again, the great thing about it is it's uh, how, if I say, uh, please bring pizza pronto in honor of, uh, Bandrew, that's his popping pee thing. So yeah. it, Ooh, it's hard. It's hard going from that RE three twenty to yeah, that. Cause this is like, yeah. Yeah. That's a whole different, that's a whole different sound. It sounds like the 20 has a, uh, the three twenty has a fuller range. Could be on it and it it that's the the now okay side by side because that's what we just did the 58 feels like you're more enclosed 
it's kind of, it, I, I felt all of a sudden I felt like I, I went into a box to listen to you. Like it just didn't have the full yeah. sound. Now that being said, if we did a whole show like that, would it, would it make a difference? Cause once you start getting you used, get to, used it, to it, you know, it. Yeah. that's it. Never know. But uh, yeah. And then bank says the 58 a uses a neodymium magnets and has a high, uh, high opus roll off high pass roll off. So it'll be interesting, but yeah, it's, and you can see here come the mic recommendations. So there's tons oh, to yeah. play with. So yeah. Well, and blue has one too. Blue has a, yeah. I forget the, it's a hundred dollar and it's, it's this style. And the, the problem is Dave, you could, you go into this black hole of when, when you start doing this, you just go into a black hole of microphones and never ending. I, and I don't, I'm just not a review guy that in that way. I just don't want, I, I don't want to, I don't want to have a, a box full of microphones. I, like I said, I, I have three sitting over there that were in a I coffee cup. I and I was like, holy cow, what are you going to do? Yeah, with so, yeah. and you could keep trying and keep trying and some you like better and some you like more. And it's, it's a matter of, do you like the way you sound? And if you do stop looking and go back to making content or things of that nature. So, but um, yeah, I think, I think, and maybe a final note before we get out of here, I think ask your audience what they think. Bingo. That, right. that my friend, yeah. Yeah. that is a good answer right there because you might think you sound horrible and your audience is like, no, I don't think it at all. Um, Dan wants to know, do I have any EQ? I have right now big bottom and something on this particular mic through the roadcaster. Um, yeah. That's that's the problem. Is I could probably turn that off on the fifty eight and it might sound you, better. You probably could. Yeah, maybe, you, you maybe might we'll want to play with that in uh, in post. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so thanks to the. Uh, see again, this is where the microphone's in my way. I'm like, I need to see. Okay, forty seven <laughs> seconds. So that means we have thirty seconds. Thanks to the uh, chat room. Uh, if you're here live, stick around. We got some post show coming up. Jim, what's coming up on the Average Guy TV? Yeah, we spent some time. Kevin Schoonover is on the show, a big friend of our of, of the network, and uh, talk about all kinds of free apps that are available for productivity and some other things around nice. the PC. So it'll post a little bit later today, the average guy. And on the School of Podcasting, I'm going to be talking about should you charge your guest to be on your show and why that may work and why it may not. But uh, stick around for some post show coming right up after this fun-filled music. <laughs> 